Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Rip Reed in a thrilling adventure going out of business. The Green Hornet strikes again. Anna Carlman was busy setting the dinner table in the small suburban apartment which she occupied with her husband, Paul. Hello, darling. Hello, Paul. Did you work hard today? Matter of fact, I did. Hmm. Ah, that smells good. What is it? Roast beef and baked potatoes. Oh, no wonder I didn't recognize it. Well, what did you do today? Nothing worth mentioning. Spent the afternoon shopping. Throwing my money around again, I suppose? (laughs) Precious little money I get to throw away. Perhaps you're not aware how much it takes to run a house these days. Yeah, I know. You won't let me forget. Come on, dinner's ready. And then if you're not too exhausted, you might take me to a movie. Uh-huh. Sure, honey, you bet. Here, give me a plate. I almost bought you some shirts today, but I remembered you always like to pick them out yourself. <laughs> yeah, you better keep on remembering, too. Women have fantastic taste in such matters. But you should have seen the bargains. Regular three ninety-five shirts for only two twenty-nine, and neckties for only seventy-nine cents each. Yeah, I don't need any ties. Honestly, I don't see how they do it. Who? Brokers, where the sale was. Excuse me, honey. Heavens, you must be working hard. Paul, you're getting just as nervous as a cat lately. Yeah. Excuse me a second. Now, where are you going? Just want to turn on the radio, honey. You can listen to that radio anytime, but you can't always enjoy hot roast beef. Better come eat your dinner. All right, Anna. I just thought that little dinner music would... Boca's downtown shirt shop open tonight with these special bargains. Oh, for heaven's sake, that's all I've heard today. I'm quiet. Selling for $169, dollars 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 and dollars 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 I didn't mean to snap at you. I I guess I must be a little on edge tonight. You've been on edge quite a lot lately. If you don't mind, darling, I I have to run downtown for a little while. But, oh, you just got home. You haven't eaten your dinner. I'm not hungry right now. Save it for me, will you? I'll try to get home early enough to take you to the movies. No, don't bother, Paul. I I can go by myself. Well, all right. I'll be home early. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, Paul. 
Yes, sir. May I help you? Are your shirts of good merit? Some shirts of exceptional merit. I cannot pay more than two twenty-nine. This way, please. I'll hit that. I'll hit that. Almind, you're late again. I did not mean to be. I came as quickly as possible. Perhaps you do not pay sufficient attention to our advertising, Herr Carmen. I heard the announcement only a few moments ago at my home. And then only by accident. See to it that you listen more carefully in the future. Or there may be other accidents. I'll Hitler. I'll Hitler. Another late one who does not listen to the radio or read the newspapers. Nathrik, I will attend to you later. Gentlemen. Please make your report. Next morning at the offices of the Daily Sentinel, Fritz Reed, publisher of the paper, pressed a buzzer and summoned Miss Case into his private office. Miss Case, will you call Dixon, the advertising manager, and tell him I'd like to see him? Yes, sir. And if Axford's around the office anywhere, send him in here. Yes, sir. I think Axford's just outside in the study room. Hi, Casey. How's every little thing? Oh, I was just about to go looking for you, Axford. Yeah, what you want me for, huh? Oh, I don't, but Mr. Reed does. He's waiting for you. You can go right in. Oh, fine. Sure. Maybe he's got some problems he wants to discuss with me. Sure, I guess I can spare him a few minutes. Will you tell Mr. Dixon to come up to Mr. Reed's office, please? Oh, come in, Axford. Have a chair. Yeah, sure I will. Thanks, boss. I've got a very special assignment for you today, Axford. Yeah? Well, you sure called on the right man. I'm okay in this ordinary stuff. But when it comes to something special that requires an extra amount of courage and fearless integrity, that's me. <laughs> Well, this job requires integrity only up to the point that I'm entrusting you with $10 from my own pocket. Huh? Now, what in the name of all the... Oh, yes, yes. Come in. Sit down, Dixon. I wanted to talk to you about an account you've been carrying recently. Yes? Which account are you referring to? Oh, this downtown shirt shop. Bokers. Mm. Bokers are spending a lot of money on advertising. They're a good account. Yes, I agree that they're spending a lot on advertising. But uh, whether or not it's a good account remains to be seen. They're using a lot of space in the Sentinel, and the Clarion, too, for that matter. And they buy time on a couple of radio stations. Yes, I know. I've uh, heard their announcements. They're awful. Yeah. This guy Boker's a crackpot. Always insists on writing the advertising copy himself. Says he gets more results that way. Boy, you should see the results that store gets. They pack him in down there. You know, Dixon... We have a pretty large responsibility to our readers regarding the misrepresentation of values in this paper. Now, Axford, here's $10. I want you to go down to Boker's and buy three or four shirts. And then go to the other stores around town and see if they can duplicate the prices. Yeah, but I don't see what... If we're advertising 395 items for only $1.69. I just want to be sure that the item is worth 395 to begin with. If the value is honest, as represented, 
And I have no complaint at all. The only gripe I've got with that account is that their stuff is always coming in at the last minute. Hmm. Well, can't the store plan their sales a little farther ahead? Uh, you never know what poker is going to do. One week he runs a sale on Thursday, another week it's Monday or Friday, whenever he gets the notion. Yeah. And the sale usually does the most business in the evening. Did you notice that? Well, it's a men's store, and I think Boker does that for the defense workers who can't get in during the day. At any rate, I think you should check up on accounts like these, Dixon. See to it that they're not making misrepresentations through this paper. Okay. I'll do that, Mr. Reed. Well, I'll go down and pick up them shirts, Reed. Uh, you want I should buy them... Uh, your size or my size? <laughs> well, what difference does it make? Since you've been living in my apartment, you wear mine anyway. Ah, uh, no, you know that. Hey, what about that special assignment you had for me today? Oh, you're on it now, Axford. Buying $10 worth of shirts for the boss. Well, how do you like that? The guy's got a private valet and he sends me out to buy shirts. Late evening when Michael Axford entered the well-furnished apartment which he shared with Britt Reed. Axford, a former detective on the police force, had long ago been hired by Britt's father to act as a bodyguard for the supposedly irresponsible young publisher. Actually, Britt Reed was well aware of this arrangement and had invited Axford to share his apartment. And little did the unimaginative Axford realize that he was living under the same roof with the Green Hornet, whom he had many times vowed to capture. As Michael Axford entered the apartment, Cato was busily hurrying about the kitchen and preparing a lunch. Ah, just in time for eat, eh? Well, well, good evening, Mrs. Axford. I hope you had a pleasant day shopping. Why, you sure sent me out on a foul <laughs> goose chase. Did you buy some shirts at Boker's? Yeah. Where did you see him? Ah, look at this one. Ain't it classy? Uh, ghastly would be more nearly correct. Ah, that's the latest style. Them purple stripes matches me personality. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you're right. But it uh, doesn't say much for your personality, I'm afraid. <laughs> sure, that's <laughs> what I mean. It... Hey, now, what kind uh, of... You talk... better make a half a dozen extra sandwiches, Cato. Axford just came in. Fix up plenty of sandwiches right away. So, Mr. Reed, the problem. Oh, just one minute, Mr. Lowry. Lowry? What's he wanted to sell? Yes, Lowry? No, not unless you find something very unusual about the case. Wait. Where did you say it happened? What's up, Reed? What happened still? Are you sure of the identification, Lowry? All right. Well, I'll send Axford down. He can help you check those ankles. Yes. Good night. What is it, Reed? Well, Lowry's down at police headquarters. Seems as though a squad car just found a body down by 14th and Main. A body? Holy crow, whose body? Well, the police aren't sure whether it was suicide or not, even though the man had a gun in his hand when they found him. I'll bet four dollars is murdered. Did you tell Lowry I'd be down to help him? Yes, and he's all excited waiting for you to get there. You see, the guy can't get along without me when one of these mysterious cases comes up. <laughs> Where's me hat? Hey, Cato, give me a couple of sandwiches. I can eat them on my way downtown. <laughs> the great detective forgets everything. But his stomach. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Cato. You're a pal. So long, Reed. See you in the barn. All right. And please be quiet when you come in. I'd like to get some sleep tonight. Yeah, don't worry. I'd be as quiet as a mouse in a china shop. Whose body is pretty silent, is it? Well, the man was identified as Paul Carlman, living at 239 Kenmore Avenue in Ridgeview. Is something strange, perhaps? Yeah, I don't know. 
All day long, I've been puzzling about a store named Boker's at 14th and Main Street. Now, this man Carlman's body turns up in an alley directly in back of Boker's store. Oh. You think well, there may not be any connection at all. But the same, I think it's worth investigating. Kato, we're going to pay a call at Carlman's apartment out in Ridgeview. If we hurry, we can get there before the police. That means we will take Black Beauty, eh? Yes, Kato. The quicker we get there, the better. Seconds later, stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the wall of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as a hiding place for the sleek, superpowered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically and then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. see you before the police got here. Police? They're coming here? Yes, they'll be here any moment. They found Paul's body. Oh, no. No. Oh, I, I knew when Paul left here tonight. He wouldn't tell me, but I, I knew. Tell me. Did you expect this to happen? You, that mask, are you one of them? Are you one of the Gestapo? No. Does uh, my mask remind you of someone else? Well, if you're not... Oh, I know now. They call you the Green Hornet. Yes. And it may be that I can help you if you let me. Oh, oh Paul. How much did you know about Paul's activities? Nothing. I, I never even suspected until tonight. And then I... Yes? Paul got a phone call. He, he carried a gun when he left. What do you know about a man named Boker? Boker? Nothing. Why do you ask? I thought maybe you'd know about Booker. But I... No, wait. Last night when we were having dinner, Paul was listening to the radio, and there was an announcement about Boker. Yes? What happened? Paul, that's hurriedly, but I, I didn't connect it at the time. Do you think I that... must be going now. But believe me, Mrs. Carman, I want to help you in your troubles. When Paul left here tonight, he said he wouldn't be back, except as a free man. Do you know what he meant by that? Yes. I knew. I knew then that my husband was a natural spy. You may find that your husband died a very brave man, Mr. Charles. Somebody just ran down the back hallway. Kelly, Orange, get after him. Okay. Come on, come on. You. Carlman. Yes. Who was that? Just ran out the back way. He called himself the Green Hornet.
soaring away into the night, the super-powered black beauty quickly crossed the sleeping city and under the skillful maneuvering of Britt Reed, came to a stop in an alleyway back of Booker's downtown store for men. You come in with me, Cato. The black beauty's well hidden here for a while. You wish me to unlock the door? I'm certain there's a secret meeting place somewhere in the basement of the store. Go into the basement and try to find your way upstairs in the store. What you do, Mr. Britt? Well, I'm going through this window into the store itself. There may be something of interest in the safe. Well, this type of lock, please. Must take very long to open. Ah, good work, Cato. Well, I'll see you upstairs. Now, if I can open this window without breaking it. Safe, worse luck. Well, I'll just have to take a chance, that's all. Don't make a move if you value your life. What do you mean, Mr. Britton? Oh, Cato. You almost got a face full of hornet gas. Come see. Secret stairway. Very clever. Mm, it certainly didn't take you long to find it. Easy to find coming from Desmond. But from here, where is it? I... Well, it's impossible to tell, Cato. Over here, through little dressing closet. See? Good, that's fine, Cato. Keep your eye on the front door while I take a whirl at the safe in Mr. Boker's private office. Green hornets stand out very plainly under light. Well, it can't be helped. This is a job that needs doing. Hmm. I think these Nazi rats haven't perfected anything new in safe combinations. Hmm. Maybe I'm just out of practice. Yeah, that's better. I got it, Cato. Everything all right up there? Nothing wrong here, Mr. No, hide Quick! about him for a while. Cato, come here, look. You found what you looked for, Mr. Britt? I found everything, Cato, everything. Look at this book. Just look at the names. Oh, the list is very complete. But it will take some time to copy whole list. We're not copying. We're taking this book as is. But will not a uh, man named Boker notice it missing? If anything turns up missing around here tomorrow, it'll more likely be Boker himself. Well, come on, let's get out of this rat's nest. started tonight, he'd be very happy. Hang on, Cato. We're going to move fast from now until daylight. Who is it? 
Perhaps you can see better with the lights on, Volker. I want you, Volker. Now hurry up and get some clothes on. afternoon, Britt Reed spoke on the private telephone line connecting his office and the apartment where Cato waited. Cato, did you get those letters to the newspapers? And the radio station? I will follow instructions and see that message reaches radio station promptly at 5 o'clock. Good. They're used to getting copy from Volker at the last minute. They wanted a chance to check with the store. Oh, by the way, how's our sleeping beauty? He's sleeping, but not very beautiful. <laughs> I'll keep him that way, and I'll call you later. Uh, say it, Reed. They've been working on the tinning about that guy we found pumped off last night. Yes? Well, uh, what have you decided, Axerin? Well, I'm sorry to say it wasn't murder at all. The guy committed suicide, all right. Yes, so. Well, uh, how'd you arrive at that? Ah, it was simple. Me and me pal, the sergeant, over at headquarters. We figured the whole thing out. So Paul Carlman committed suicide, eh? That's right. There were powder burns from the gun being fired up close. And besides, there weren't any fingerprints on the gun except in his own. Yes? Oh, yes, Dixon. I want you to run Mr. Booker's copy, and just exactly as you received it. Pretty awful, Mr. Reed. We're advertising a going out of business sale. A bigger ad than usual. Set the craziest list of prices you ever saw. So, Booker is going out of business, huh? Well, run it just the way it is, and uh, we'll see what happens. seen the papers. Yes, Carl, I am surprised, but the leader must have important reasons. Yeah, tonight will be something special. Yeah, I will be there without fail. This is the first time the leader has called every member at one meeting. Something big is about to happen. Perhaps we are ready to strike tonight. ever offered by Boker. Yes, the great Boker store is going out of business. Tonight will be your last chance. Five and six dollar values price for tonight only at one twenty-nine. Yeah, that's okay, Clancy. But I still say the Greenhorn, it'll be back. He always comes back until he gets what he wants. Yeah, but how do you know he wants anything out here? Oh, don't worry. He had a reason. You go in and see if Mrs. Carlman's okay, Clancy. I'm going to take a stroll around the house. Yep. Okay. Better keep your eyes peeled for bogey, man. Yeah, don't worry, Clancy. Don't worry. Golly. Just supposing the Green Hornet was to come back here. I caught him. 25,000 reward. That guy sure is there. Thanks for the compliment, officer. It's nice to know that I'm valuable. Sorry to do this, pal, but you'll just be in the way for the next few minutes. So take it. Any bogeyman back here, Mike? Only one, officer. What the? Pleasant hey. dreams, my friend. That cat. Uh. 
come back. Why? Because I promised Mrs. Carlman. As you know, your husband was a Nazi spy. Yes. Paul Carlman died trying to break away from the Gestapo. He proved that he loved you more than anything else in the world. I'll always believe that. Yes, and you can believe this. What your husband started is about to be finished. Would you like to finish the job that Paul started? I? How do you mean? Pick up your phone. Ask the operator to connect you with the FBI. But I don't... Hurry, and remember that Paul is cheering you every moment. This is what he would have done. All right. Please connect me with the FBI. Yes, emergency. Tell them who you are and where you live. Hello? This is Mrs. Paul Carlman, 239 Kenmore Avenue, Ridgeview. You have some information about a Nazi spy ring in the city. Tell them to go to Boker's at 14th and Main Street, break through the dressing closet wall partition. Listen, do you know where the Boker store is at 14th and Main? There are 50 or more Axis agents meeting there tonight. It's the headquarters of an Axis spy ring. Yes, yes. Hurry. Break through the wall partitions in the dressing closet. There are 50 or more Axis agents meeting there now. Tonight? Yes, I am certain. And please hurry. Yes. I am Anna Carlman, the wife of Paul Carlman. We must close our doors now. Ten o'clock. Everybody outside, please. Let me get through here. Come on, buddy. Stand up, will you? Mr. Booker. Mr. Booker, what's wrong? Hey, listen. Take this guy off my hands, will you please? What has happened to Mr. Booker? What have you done to him? Look, buddy, I ain't done nothing, see? All I know is some guy driving a big black car a block long pulls up alongside my hack, and before I can say boo him, another guy dumps his shoe bum in the back of my hack, see? He just had too much, I guess. That's ridiculous. Mr. Booker is a teetotaler. Yeah. So am I, Charlie, after tonight, believe you me. That guy had to slip me a $10 bill for holding this big salute over here. I'd have dumped him in a ditch. Mr. Booker, wake up. Mr. Booker. Uh, uh, Sorry, you're too late. We're closing. Come on, man. Now, just a minute. What's the meaning of this? Shut the doors and windows. Don't let anyone out of here. Get out or I'll call the police. Someone beat you to it, sweetheart. You mean I... Guns. Yeah, guns. And they shoot real bullets, so don't get any ideas. All right, boys. Tear that petition out of there. All right, Let go of some tear gas down that stairway. Come out of that rat hole with your hands in the air. This is the FBI, and we're playing for keeps. Hey, look what I found, fellas. The kingfish himself. Brother Boker in person. Yeah, I'm looking pretty punchy, if you ask me. Here, Boker, I know you're well fixed for shirts, but try these cuffs on for size, will you? Casey, you should have seen the brats come piling out of that basement when the FBI started throwing tear gas down there. Mm, a sight for sore eyes, huh, Axis? Ah, that's a terrible pun, Casey. <laughs> and hey, did I tell you, they found a dairy book that gave the name of every member. Dairy book? Hmm. Sure. And when one of them guys heard his number on the air or saw it in the papers, he knew he was supposed to go to the meeting, see? Like if his number was 169 and they advertised stuff for a dollar sixty-nine, see? Well, good morning. Hey, that was quite a story you got last night, actually. Yeah, sure it was. I was going to wake you up and tell you about it when I came in. But you were snoring so hard I didn't have the heart. As a matter of fact, I was pretty tired. <laughs> you hear that, Casey? He's tired. 
Here I've been out all night getting the 12 story for the Sentinel while he snores in the feather bed and he says he's tired. <laughs> How about that, huh? <laughs> just heard the adventure going out of business. These exciting dramas are sent to you each week at this same time. They're copyrighted features of the Green Hornet Incorporated. All characters, names, places, and incidents used in this drama are purely fictitious. Don Faust speaking. This program has come to you from the studios of WXYZ in Detroit. This is the Blue Network.